Hey friends, and welcome to episode 87 of It's About Time, a podcast sharing stories and strategies to inspire women seeking better work, life, and balance. I'm your host, time management coach, Anna Dearman Cornick. And today's episode is part three in our three-part series all about putting things off, doing stuff later, and getting around to it at some point. Procrastination. Truth be told, the reason why it's taken me so long, 80 plus episodes long, to get around to writing a single episode on procrastination is because I was putting it off. Out of all of the time management and productivity topics and strategies I've studied over the years, I've never really spent time digging into procrastination, what exactly it is, why we do it, and what to do about it. What I did know is that it's incredibly common and it's one of the most requested topics from It's About Time listeners. And I knew that I wanted to fully understand it before talking about it on the show. I also knew that putting together an episode about procrastination was going to take some focused research. And once I got started, it was hard to stop. So that's why instead of skimping and doing one broad episode, I've divvied up all of this procrastination goodness into three separate episodes. Back in episode 85, I shared five things you should know about procrastination. Procrastination personality types, procrastination as a symptom for medical conditions, and more. Then, In episode 86, I shared the five questions you should ask yourself when you feel like procrastinating. That's where I really laid out the procrastination equation and why we put things off. So if you haven't listened to those yet, go ahead and press the pause button, listen to those two episodes, and then come right back. Those two episodes set the stage for the action-packed strategies you'll find up ahead in episode 87. If episode 85 is the what, and episode 86 is the why, today we're digging into the how in episode 87, as in how to combat procrastination and get things done. What, why, and how. So today in part three, I'm wrapping up our series on procrastination by sharing how to recognize when you're procrastinating, because let's be honest, sometimes it sneaks up on us. I'll talk about five common reasons why we put things off, how to push past fear, break down overwhelm, and have more fun. And finally, you'll walk away with the key ingredient to finally taking action and knocking out your most dreaded, most procrastinated tasks. And because I know that you're probably making the most of your time and listening in the car while you're running errands or you're folding laundry or you're out on a neighborhood walk, it might be a little inconvenient for you to stop what you're doing and take notes. Don't worry, my friend. I've got you covered. You can find all the details from this episode over in the show notes. And today's show notes can be found at abouttimepodcast.com forward slash 87. I also encourage you to stick around till the end of this episode, not just to make sure you grab all of the procrastination smashing goodness waiting for you, 
but to find out about a brand new opportunity to work with me as your time management coach. I've been working on something next level exciting behind the scenes, and I want you, my podcast listeners, to be the first to know about it. All right, it's about time we get started, so let's get this show on the road. You're listening to It's About Time, a podcast about work, life, and balance. Around here, we believe that busy is not a badge of honor. Your host, Anna Dearman Cornick, is here to share tips and strategies to help you make the most of your time. Listen in on real conversations and success stories to find out how other go-getters are getting things done. If you're ready to step away from the overwhelm and spend your time on what matters most, then you're in the right place. Here's your host, time management coach, Anna Dearman Cornick. In last week's episode, we focused in on why we procrastinate. We learned that when the negative factors of doing the thing outweigh our self-control and motivation, we're more likely to put something off until later. But if you're able to get clear on your motivation, your why for doing the thing, or make some adjustments to those negative factors, the things that are holding you back, you can tip the scales in the direction of taking action. For instance, if you're putting off updating your website, something you know you need to do and you even want to do, but you find yourself doing everything but working on your website, you could ask yourself, what's my motivation? Why do I want to update my website? Well, I want to update my website so I can attract more of my ideal clients and help them see that I'm the best choice for them. And by attracting more of my ideal clients, I can then work with more ideal clients, which results in more income, which results in being able to pay for more experiences for my family. Okay, so that's a pretty solid motivation in our example. I hope that as you're listening in, you're thinking of an example in your life. So on the flip side, the negative factors. Well, updating my website is hard. I can't do it in five or 10 minute pockets of time, and I need at least 30 minutes of focus to truly make progress. And I'm having a hard time finding 30 minute windows and dealing with distractions. Now, can you pick out the negative factors in that situation? Updating the website feels hard, plus finding time to truly focus is challenging. So what do we do next? Question number five from episode 86 was this, how can I adjust those negative factors standing in my way? What changes can I make to make this feel less hard or find more focus time? In the case of this website update procrastination, what changes can I make to make this feel less hard or to find more focus time? Making those changes, those little tweaks, that's the focus of this episode. How to make adjustments to the most common reasons why we procrastinate. But all of that is only helpful if you actually recognize that you're procrastinating. Wait, what? You might be thinking. Yes, you can actually be procrastinating without even realizing it. Because your procrastination can look or feel productive. And that negative factor in the website example, not being able to find the time, 
That's classic procrastination without calling it procrastination. So what does procrastination look like when it's not so obvious? Okay, y'all, so I know we could all probably use a little more time in our day, right? You're no stranger to busy schedules and intentionally filling them up to the brim because you just have so much to get done. But sometimes it feels like you don't really ever have the time to just slow down and enjoy the simple things. Simple things like when my toddlers are giggling and playing nicely together in the backyard, or when a Sunday afternoon nap sounds too good to pass up. We all want more time to enjoy these kinds of things, right? Well, if you love personality quizzes like I do, then you're in for a treat. In my new quiz, which you can take for free at AnnaDCornick.com forward slash quiz, I'm helping you uncover what it will take to get you from chaos to calm, to finally feel like you have space in your days. I know it can feel downright frustrating to keep using the same old time management strategies that just don't seem to work for you. You've got the planners, the calendars, apps, you're doing all the things, but you still feel like you have no time. And that's because you need time management strategies that work for your personality and your life. In my 10 plus years working in crisis communications and chaos management, and all the time I've spent with my clients, I've learned that everyone has their own needs. And knowing what those needs are can really help you discover the best approach to planning your days. Knowing yourself can help you ease up busy schedules, and find more calm and clarity in your week. Do you wanna know how to get there? To have more breathing room in your days? Let's figure out your time management personality type so you can uncover exactly what you need to do to feel more productive, less stressed, and more balanced. You can take the quiz at AnnaDCornick.com forward slash quiz, and I'll make sure to link to the quiz in our show notes. All right, on with the show. And how can it sneak up on us? Well, for starters, it looks like doing busy work to avoid doing what you really need to do. So here's an example. A few years ago, I worked on the crisis team at a public relations firm in New Orleans. The 24-7 on-call nature of the work was really starting to get to me, but I wasn't fully admitting it to myself yet. So... Every morning when I got to work at nine, I would grab a piping hot mocha flavored coffee from the Keurig in the break room, sit down at my fingerprint smudged glass top desk, pop open my laptop, and literally spend the first hour of the workday just reading the news. I'd tell myself that it was to stay on top of current events like a good PR pro, but when I really got to the root of it, I was reading the news to avoid getting started on work that just wasn't fulfilling to me. Not to mention, I had a terrible time focusing on anything in that open office environment. So let's have a quick reality check moment. If you've ever made a to-do list with 17 things on it, and you start your day by knocking out 11 unimportant things, and by the time five o'clock rolls around, you never quote unquote had time to do the important things on your list, that's not running out of time. You might be procrastinating. If you find yourself saying yes 
to requests from other people and your schedule gets filled to the brim to the point that you can't do what truly needs to be done, you might be procrastinating. And just a reminder, especially for you Enneagram 2s who are listening, just because someone asks you to do something doesn't mean you have to say yes, especially if they get in the way of your actual important priorities. By the way, this is starting to feel a little bit like those You Might Be a Redneck jokes by Jeff Foxworthy in the 90s. Anybody else remember those? (laughs) How about this one? If you find yourself buying another online course, another business book, joining another membership or mastermind, buying a ticket to another conference instead of taking action on what you've already learned, you might be procrastinating. If you find yourself doing just a little more research, making yet another pros and cons list, or asking for even more advice before making a decision, you might be procrastinating. If you find yourself taking too many breaks or taking poorly timed breaks or rewarding yourself with a break, even though you haven't really done that much, you might be procrastinating. Now, you know I am a huge advocate for taking breaks as a way to stay mentally sharp, combat burnout, and rejuvenate your creativity. But rewarding yourself with a 30-minute break after reading one page of a report probably isn't a truly productive break. Let me know if this sounds familiar. If you're waiting for perfect conditions to get started, you need complete and total silence, no distractions, it can't be too hot, or too cold, and now your neighbor's dogs are barking, can't start now, and anyway, you're hungry, and it's almost lunchtime, so you might as well just wait until after lunch. Oh wait, what time is it? It's 12.46? Well, let's officially start at one o'clock. If you're waiting for circumstances to be just right, or you're waiting for the right time, you might be procrastinating. How about distractions? It's so common to say, well, I was going to get the thing done, but then life happened and there were so many distractions that popped up. Well, newsflash, my friend, life always happens. Distractions will always pop up. Sure, there are certain things that pop up that you absolutely have to stop what you're doing and contend with. For example, as I was writing this episode, my sweet, darling, precious baby girl, Elizabeth, had a blowout of disastrous proportions in her light blue bouncy chair. So I had to stop what I was doing, clean her, clean the chair, and start a load of laundry. The whole process took about 15 minutes, and it was not pretty. During the cleanup phase, more things to do popped into my head. Oh, I could put in a grocery order real quick, or let me check and see if I have any Instagram DMs or if anyone's replied to my comments on Facebook. But in the spirit of this episode, I said no to the distractions, sat back down, and kept writing. Distractions will always pop up. You will always find something else to do, things that are also worth doing. But if you consistently let them get in the way of what you need to do, you might be procrastinating. As you can see, and you've probably experienced, procrastination can take so many forms, and we may not even fully realize we're procrastinating as it's happening. 
we might not even be able to pinpoint what we're even procrastinating in that moment. But if any of these scenarios sounded familiar to you, please know that you're not alone. Just like we covered back in episode 85, everyone procrastinates. So what do we do? Since I can't give you advice for every single possible procrastination scenario, I've picked out the five most common reasons why we procrastinate. And those five reasons are one, fear, fear of failure, and even fear of success. Anxiety and perfectionism also fall into this category because perfectionism and fear of failure go hand in hand. Two, the task is overwhelming. It feels so big, you don't know where to start, so you don't. Three, you are overwhelmed. You've got so much to do, so much on your plate that you don't know where to start, so you don't. Four, the task is boring or unfulfilling, but you've got to do it, whether it's for your job or a boring house chore like cleaning your baseboards. Five, you're exhausted. You've been going and going and doing and doing so hard that you just don't feel like doing anymore. We'll take a look at each one and I'll share questions you can ask yourself and strategies for tackling each one and getting the thing done or at least getting it started, which can be half the battle. Let's start by talking about fear. Very often we procrastinate getting started because we're afraid. And that fear can be for many reasons. You're afraid of failing. What will people think? What if you don't do a very good job? What if you make a mistake? This is often what keeps perfectionists from getting started. They're afraid they can't produce something perfect, so they delay starting as long as possible. And just like you can fear failure, you can also be afraid of success. What if you follow through and launch that new business or apply for that job and it actually works out? Suddenly, you have new responsibilities, and the thought of those new responsibilities, even if they're a good thing, something you want, that can feel scary. Can I handle it? What if everyone finds out I'm a fraud? And then there's anxiety. So when I group anxiety into this bucket, I'm talking about everyday stress and anxiety, not clinical anxiety. You can feel anxious about something for a reason you can't quite put your finger on. And by the way, if you do find that you procrastinate on a regular basis due to unrelenting feelings of anxiety, procrastination is a common symptom of anxiety and depression, and you may want to consider seeing a medical professional to learn more. So when you're procrastinating due to fear or anxiety, I encourage you to ask yourself, What's the worst that could happen? What's the worst case scenario? And then totally picture the worst thing or the worst case scenario. What would that look like? And I know this is going to be totally terrifying in some cases, especially if you're an Enneagram 6. So now that you've pictured the worst case, how would you bounce back 
if the worst case scenario actually happened? Very often when we come up with the worst case scenario, it's honestly not that bad. And even better, when we go ahead and think about how we'd bounce back, how we'd handle it or respond, we realize that even the worst case scenario can be totally manageable. Recognizing this can help you push past fear and get started. So once you've pushed past the fear, ask yourself, what's your tiny first step? What's the one small thing you can do, the one small action you can take to go from stalled to started? And then take it. Next up, when the task is overwhelming. For example, planning a wedding, that's a big task. After I got engaged, I actually didn't jump right in and start planning. Planning a wedding felt super overwhelming. It was huge. There were so many things to research, plan, and organize. So when the task itself feels huge and overwhelming, ask yourself this question. What does done look like? This question works just as well for wedding planning as it does for first birthday planning or annual report writing or funnel building, house building, or resume building. What does done look like? Having a clear picture of done, complete, or finished gives you something to work toward. Like the picture on the puzzle box? It helps you figure out the milestones and identify the pieces and parts necessary to getting to the finish line. Which brings us to the next question. Once you know what done looks like, how can you break it into smaller, more manageable parts? One of the biggest to-do list pitfalls I see with my time management clients is that their daily to-do list is a messy mix of tasks and projects. To-do lists are for tasks, not projects. And here's why. A task is one step. One and done, check, move on. A project, on the other hand, has multiple steps before it can be considered done. So let's play project or task. Here we go. Make a dentist appointment. Project or task. Okay, that's a task. You call the dentist's office, you make the appointment, boom, you're done. All right, next up, plan vacation. Is that a project or a task? If you said project, yes, you're right. There are many steps that have to be taken before the vacation is considered planned. There's research, there's booking lodging, travel, coordinating dates, asking for time off, the whole nine yards. In order to make an overwhelming task seem less daunting, break it down into the smaller parts and pieces, the tasks it takes to get it done, and then what's your tiny first step? What's the one small thing you can do, the one small action you can take to go from stalled to started, and then take that step. And while you're at it, next time you catch yourself writing a project on your to-do list, break it down into the smaller steps and write down your tasks instead. And speaking of to-do list, perhaps you're procrastinating because you've got so much to do. Projects on projects, tasks on tasks on tasks. 
You've got so much swirling around in your head with life stuff and work stuff or business stuff, maybe school stuff. Plus, there's your health and your mother-in-law's coming to visit. And did you remember to sign the field trip permission slip? Is dance class on Wednesday or Thursday? And when is that report due again? When you've got so much to do that your deer in headlights stuck in place, I encourage you to start by getting everything out of your head. Usually, the source of our overwhelm is our attempt to organize everything inside of our heads, and then we get down on ourselves when we forget things or get confused. When you're feeling overwhelmed, grab a pen and some paper. I like royal blue flare pens and sheets of loose leaf, but a Google Doc or even a Trello board work great. And just get everything out of your head. Some people call this a brain dump, but I prefer mind sweep because you're walking through your brain space and sweeping out all the cobwebs out of all the nooks and crannies of your mind, getting everything written down until you literally can't think of anything else. Then once you've got it all out and your brain feels oddly calm and empty, we're going to organize our mind sweep list into four sections. So maybe you want to grab a fresh sheet of paper for this, but you're going to put everything that you just wrote down, that you just swept out into one of these four categories. Must do, should do, could do, and want to. Everything on your mind sweep list is going to fall into one of those four categories and be really real with yourself about what must do means. Once you've gotten everything out of your head and sorted into must do, should do, could do, and want to, start with the must do's and then start with the most important and most urgent must do. Once you've identified the most important, most urgent must do, schedule it with time blocks on your calendar. And a quick refresher, a time block is a meeting you schedule with yourself to do specific work. Figure out when you can work on this most urgent must do and block it. And again, ask yourself, what's your tiny first step? What's the one small thing you can do the one small action you can take to go from stalled to started and then take that step. So what if the task you're avoiding is boring or unfulfilling, soul-crushing monotony like the guy from Office Space with the TPS reports? Your first step here is to double down on your motivation. Why is this important? And try your hardest to get to the root of why doing this boring, unfulfilling thing truly is important. Next, once you've gotten the motivation refresher, challenge yourself to make the task more fun or enjoyable. Can you clean the baseboards listening to Hip Hop Barbecue Pandora? Can you eat an M&M every time you finish reading a page in your grad school textbook? Can you listen to your favorite podcast while you fold that mountain of laundry? What can you do to make this boring, unfulfilling task just a little more fun while you're doing it? And then 
how can you reward yourself or celebrate when it's done? But you have to decide in advance. You have to say something like, after I mop the floors, I'm going to Sonic to get a milkshake. Or after I clean out the garage, I'm going to get my favorite sushi for dinner. After I take a shower, of course. When you decide in advance how you'll celebrate getting through the boring, monotonous, unfulfilling thing, you take the power away from the boringness and you give it to the anticipation of the reward. So choose that reward before you get started. And once you know how you're going to make it fun and what you're going to do to reward yourself, you've got to identify, you probably know what I'm going to say here, your tiny first step. The one small thing you can do, the one small action you can take to go from stalled to started. Then you've got to take that step. Okay, last but not least because I know this is going to be a feeling that a lot of you relate to from time to time. You're exhausted. You've been doing a lot. Maybe you've been doing a lot of important things, or maybe you've been procrastinating with a lot of small insignificant things to avoid doing the important things. Maybe you've got a newborn or a toddler or a newborn and a toddler, and you're waking up multiple times a night for multiple nights in a row, but the time has come and you've got to make progress on something you've been putting off, even though you're tired. First, I want you to get clear on the deadline. Do you really have to take action on this now, or can it wait? Do you have to do it all now? Can you cut yourself some slack and do it later guilt-free? Can you ask for help? Yes, this is me giving you permission to procrastinate. Because if you're exhausted and the deadline isn't ASAP, chances are getting some rest is going to make this task a lot more manageable. And second, I encourage you to ask yourself, what does a B minus look like? Very often on our quest for perfection, just like we talked about earlier in this episode when we covered how to combat procrastination due to fear, very often our quest for perfection can hold us back from getting things done. So when you're exhausted and you don't want to start, go ahead and picture what done looks like. What does an A plus look like? And then Back it up and ask yourself, what does a B minus look like? Chances are your B minus work is still pretty stellar and will do just fine in this scenario. And this is a case in which done is definitely better than perfect. Third, once you're clear on the deadline and what B minus work looks like, How can you create a manageable schedule to get it all done by creating time blocks for different parts and pieces of the project? Starting by asking yourself, what's your tiny first step? What's the one small thing you can do? The one small action you can take to go from stalled to started? And then take that step. 
You've now heard me say this five times for all five of the most common reasons why we procrastinate. What's the one small thing you can do? The one small action you can take to go from stalled to started. Sure, all five of those reasons are unique and they each have their own obstacles to push through before you can get started. But in the end, we're working toward that key ingredient, that tiny first step. And here's why. Identifying your tiny first step and taking it means you're making progress. Making progress, even a small, tiny win, releases a hit of the feel-good chemical dopamine, which then increases your motivation. That motivation makes you want to keep making more progress and get more small wins, which increases your motivation and continues the cycle of progress. If you're listening to this right now, then you are equipped. You're ready. You've taken the time to tune in and begin to truly understand why we wait. You know exactly what you need to do to start taking action. And I know that you're going to stop waiting and start doing. I believe in you. So there you have it. To sum up our three-part series on procrastination, procrastination, everybody does it. But if you can recognize that you're procrastinating and be honest with yourself about why you're procrastinating, you can find your tiny first step, get a win, and keep moving. And if you're ready to stop procrastinating and start doing, start getting those tiny wins and turn them into big wins then I've created something just for you. I want you, my It's About Time listeners who are here with me week in and week out, to be the first to know about Next Level Life, the newest opportunity to work with me to take control of your time and achieve your big goals. You've listened to the episodes and you've implemented what you've learned here and there, but what if you could work directly with me alongside a tight-knit community of like-minded, ambitious women to take yourself, your business, your career to the next level. Whether you're growing your empire as a small business owner or you're climbing the ladder and shattering glass ceilings, you are invited to be a founding member of Next Level Life. Weekly coaching sessions, weekly coaching sessions, a growing lesson library, private community, and so much more. Next Level Life is the balanced approach to wholehearted living that you've been looking for. With me by your side for accountability, encouragement, and motivation. In the last year, I've coached 22 women on their path to living with more confidence, clarity, and intention by helping them make the most of their time. Time is our most precious non-renewable resource, and the one thing all of my clients have in common is that they want to live fulfilling lives with no regrets. They want to grow their business, but also take vacation. They want to get promoted without sacrificing time with their families. 
They want to work full time, go to grad school and still have the space to travel and have fun. If that sounds like you, then I'd be honored to have you as a founding member of Next Level Life. To become a founding member, visit AnnaDCornick.com forward slash next level to learn more. And I'll be sure to link that over in the show notes, which can be found at abouttimepodcast.com forward slash 87. All right, that's it for today. That's it for our three part series on procrastination. I hope that this has been valuable for you. I have had such an amazing experience learning and compiling all of this to share with you. Thank you so much for tuning in and I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to It's About Time, a podcast about work, life, and balance. Head over to www.abouttimepodcast.com to join the conversation. Check out the show notes and dive into bonus content so you can start living your best life today. Love this episode? Be sure to share it with a friend, subscribe, and leave a review. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you in the next episode.